Well, good morning. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron. Uh, we're excited that you came to check out a service today. Uh, what we're doing today is we're actually wrapping up our series called Words of Wisdom. And this series is a bit strange. I'm not going to lie. It's a little out there compared to our normal services. Uh, but what we're all about here at Centerpoint is helping you take the next step in your relationship with God. Uh, we do like what any good church should do, which is help you grow in your relationship with God and then help you just connect with Him in a worshipful way. Uh, but know that our style is very different, meaning our, our services maybe are a little different, but we still are true to the Bible and we take God very seriously here. Like I said, though, we're finishing up a series that we've been calling Words of Wisdom, and it's this four-week study of Proverbs, uh, or the wisdom book in the Bible. Uh, and like I said, it's different than a normal service, because during this message time, we're going to have two completely separate messages, done one by myself and one done by a guest speaker today. Uh, and then we'll have an intro, an intermission, and an outro all to wrap up the service in one hour, so don't worry, it's not getting extra long or anything like that. If you hate the idea of this, sorry, you got one more week you got to bear with this week, uh, and then next week we'll be back to normal, well, sort of. You'll hear more about what next week is happening or what's happening next week. But what I want to do for the intro before we start with our first message is I want to give you a little introduction on Proverbs. Proverbs is a book in the Bible that is part of the Old Testament or the section of the Bible before Jesus' time. It was seen as this wisdom literature. It's some of the first times we see people like where in the Bible we can read about of how people lived with Scripture. Like the first time we see them living with the law or Genesis and Exodus and, and things of direction of God. It's the first time we really see how people live with that and how to best follow God while living with that. I don't know about you, but like I need wisdom on how to do that because a lot of times... I don't really know what God wants with my life at times. And a lot of times when I do know what God wants, I don't do it all the time, right? Especially with tough stuff. Well, Proverbs, what it does is it gives us advice on how to make sure we follow through even in the tough stuff, which I know I need and I'm guessing you do too. Proverbs is guidance in what you should be doing or maybe not be doing right now so that you will be happy with your God-honoring decision later on in the future. To put it in easy Fond du Lac terms, each week I've kind of given you a Fond du Lac proverb. Uh, when you go to walleye weekend, you eat what? Okay, and... Yes, cheese curds and walleye, right? The walleye sandwich. Like, everyone's going to ask you that, right? Like, did you go to the walleye week? Oh, did you try the cheese curds? Do you have the, the walleye sandwich? So you got to eat it so that you have a response. That's a proverb for you. So next time you go to walleye weekend, make sure you try the cheese curds and the walleye sandwich. No, I'm not getting paid to say that or anything like that. But that's a fondy proverb for you, 104. Next time you go to the walleye weekend, try the cheese curds and walleye sandwich. But for real... Proverbs is wisdom to help you get done what needs to be done right now to later be living a God-honoring and fulfilling life that you're going to be happy with later. So that's what we're studying this month and wrapping up today. We are gaining insight and wisdom to help us prepare for the life God intends. With that said, I'm going to invite our first guest speaker up. Jessica Figlio is her name. She's an attender here, and she's going to do her first 10-minute message for us. 
Thank you, Erin. Good morning, Center Point. How we doing? I'm doing okay. I'm excited. I'm, I'm grateful to be up here uh, to share a little bit of my heart with you this morning and some wisdom that I have learned in my journey, and some of it very recently. Um, so, again, my name is Jessica Figlio. I've been attending Center Point for about seven months now, my family and I. I recognize a lot of faces, but still learning names, so I'm looking forward to getting to know a lot of you better. Um, so today we're going to talk about Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 through 27. And I have titled this little mini-sermon, Making Wise Choices. And I think it's a really great way to wrap up this series, because now we can look at how do we actually make wise choices in the moment? And that's a really difficult thing to do, and it, and it takes practice. And um, I think scripture in these verses gives us um, some really great guidance on how to do that. So we'll take a look at uh, verse 25 first. It says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. So I just want to call out a couple of things in this verse. First of all, it's talking about our eyes. And it's talking about looking forward and our gaze being straight before you. Basically just reading it again. But our eyes, so where do we look to for guidance? Where are we going? Where's the first thing we might look to? Are we going to God first in our decisions? And are we seeking him for that wisdom? Are we going to other things in our life, which is very common and um, we might be our natural response. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, we're reminded to fix our eyes on Jesus. And he is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So this is, I think, our first uh, major tip from Solomon's father here, an instruction to look to God in our decision-making. And not only that, but to look forward towards his will for us. And this is what really resonates with me recently because I'm about to approach a big milestone birthday, the big Ford Zero. Maybe some of you have been there. Um, I don't know about you if you had some like alarms going off in your head when you were approaching that birthday, uh, knowing there's no turning back from here. The 20s feel a little further away from me now. And, um, you know, I'm looking back a little bit on some of the choices I made in my younger years. And some have been good and some have been not so good. Um, and I think we can get tripped up and uh, cause our own suffering when we dwell in those past places where maybe we haven't made the best decisions. And I think we have to come back to this verse and keep looking forward and trusting God that he can use. I'm actually going to use a phrase that Lisa Turkus used in her book, but she calls them not so good choices. So we don't need to call them bad and shame ourselves, you know, maybe not so good, but we all make them. Um, so we don't have to dwell in them. We can trust that God can still use those for good. And he's certainly done that in my journey, and I know that he can do that in yours. So this verse really gives us some great truth. And I have here, um, wisdom is 2020 like hindsight. So I think we can get, um, again, really tripped up when we start to apply the wisdom that we have today to those choices that we made in the past, because we just can't do that. We can't see things through the perspective we have today. So this for me was a great reminder to set me on the path that he wants me to be on. Um, so I, I hope it resonates with you a little bit as well. So moving forward in, in the scripture on verse 26, he gives us further instruction how to make wise choices. So we, we look to him, and then we also ponder the path of our feet. So now he's talking about our feet. Then all ways will be sure. And other translations say established, our paths will be um, or it'll send us on the right path is another translation. Um, but basically, this verse for me is talk, telling me how to take those steps in those decisions. So now we, we turn to God for guidance, and now we have to take the steps to make the right choices, and that can be really difficult. And sometimes the, the discernment and the wisdom that we seek is going to lead us to choices that are not easy. I think 
most of the time the wise choices are not the easy choices. Um, so we really want to spend time with God and in scripture to seek out um, clarity and wisdom. And another, um, I'm paraphrasing from the Geturkas here because she just uses words way better than I do, but in one of her books she says, um, I'm paraphrasing again, but turn to God in your decisions, seek knowledge through scripture, insight through experience, and discernment from the Holy Spirit. So I don't know about you, but the word discernment can seem a little lofty. Like, what is discernment? How do I get that? That, that seems like really hard. To, do I have to be really like holy or a pastor or really biblical? And I think, actually, I know that we all have the ability to have discernment and seek it. Um, it starts with God in, in Scripture and in prayer. Um, and then our own life experience, we get insight. We can apply all of that. And we can be moved by the Holy Spirit. And if you've ever had a situation in your life where you've been moved, I think you know when he's, when he's moving in you. You have, there's a sense of peace and clarity there. It's not always easy to attain that, but if we spend time with him, I think we can, and we can make those wise choices. So this verse is a really great um, reminder of that instruction to do that. And again, I just put in um, a little star. The path is not perfect, right? So it doesn't say we're gonna lead you on a perfect path. Our choices are not going to be perfect, and we're going to make mistakes. So I think just knowing that um, will make decisions a little bit easier uh, to make as well. So in our last verse, verse 27, he tells us, do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. <laughs> Has anybody swerved to the right or left before? I've swerved to the right or left quite a bit in my life. Um, maybe made some not so good choices. I think I could have a whole sermon on those. Um, but I think... It's our intention. It's the path we want to stay on. So he, you know, God clearly wants us to stay away from evil. Um, Satan can sneak into our lives in, in a lot of ways. And so we have to do our best to stay on that path and turn away from evil, turn away from the distractions and the temptations that we've learned in Proverbs um, that's on our, you know, in our phones, in our hands very often. Um, all around us in the world, we have to set boundaries with those things and keep our eyes on Jesus um, and, and guard our hearts. And we talked about Proverbs earlier in this chapter, verse 23, where uh, Solomon's father instructs us to guard our hearts because everything flows from it. And that is so true. We have to guard our hearts. Um, I also mentioned uh, Ephesians chapter 6, if you ever want to read that, verses 10 through 11 talks about the armor of God, and we can take up the armor against these temptations. There are things that we can do in our daily life in making decisions, um, and one of those things is the belt of truth, turning to scripture and, and seeking such wisdom. So in those moments, we can look forward, we can look to Jesus, we can ponder and think carefully and be prayerful, and then we can do our very best to keep on that path and avoid swerving. And when we do swerve, knowing that God can use those detours for good. Um, so my last slide here, I wanted to share a little story, a piece of my heart and story with you, which is, uh, I just think, a really great testimony to this verse and also how God can use the not so good for good and also how decisions that are good are not always easy. So this young man is my oldest son, Ryan. He's going to be 20 this year. And in college, I made a series of maybe not so good choices. And you know, choices can start off small and lead to bigger choices. And I became pregnant at 18 because of some of those choices. So at that time in my life, it was the very first time I decided that I need to look to God for discernment. And I completely surrendered to him. You know, the song we just sang in the fires, like just spoke to me so much because I was in the fire 
and I was alone, and I was afraid, and I, I looked to God for guidance because there was another life now that became more important than my own, and I, um, it's a very long, beautiful story that I would love to share more detail if I had more time, but through the weeks and months of my pregnancy, God spoke to me very clearly that a plan of open adoption was what was going to be right for my son and for myself, and it's been 20 years, and it's been um, bittersweet is the best word because it's been absolutely beautiful, so much love. He's been in my life since he was a baby. That's his mom on the right and myself and my youngest son. Um, he knows his birth siblings. We're very close. They're an extension of our family. I've gotten to witness how God has used this decision to bless him, and he continues to bless others. He loves the Lord. He's um, going to become a pastor soon. And it's really exciting to see all of that. It just, it's such a testimony for me every day when I have doubt. But then, of course, there's the bitter side. So there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of loss. Um, and there's a lot of regret. I shouldn't say a lot of regret. There's some regret because I, I'm just kind of facing that in this season of my life as I'm a mom again and I'm feeling some things and I'm I'm starting to try to apply my wisdom today to those decisions of the past, and I'm getting tripped up, and Satan is using that to put doubt into my heart. So I come back to this verse. I come back to my trust in him. I come back to the reality in front of me of how he's blessed not only Ryan but myself and in my beautiful family that I have today that I am so incredibly grateful for. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a testimony that I always love to share because it's, it's powerful and he's moved so much in my life through it. And this verse, I just think is a great um, testimony, or the story is a great testimony to this verse that we can, we can seek discernment. It's not always easy, um, but God can use the not so good for good. And he's certainly done that in my life. And I pray that he um, does that for all of you as well. So I'm going to close us out in prayer. Um, Dear, dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to share this verse and a piece of my heart and my story today. And I just pray that um, part of it may resonate with um, the people that are listening and that they know that they are not alone in their, in their choices and that they can make wise choices and that we all have that ability, Lord, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and that you walk with us in the fires, that you are with us um, during those difficult choices, small choices, big choices, that we can be wise and that you will walk with us. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here today. And I ask all of this in your son's name. Amen. All right, so that's part one. Uh, so now as we wrap up part one, we're going to do a little intermission here. Uh, as part of our intermission, we're going to do what every good place does during an intermission. Fun. And the fun is involving free stuff. So get excited. We're changing the mood a little bit. Oh, I got some claps. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's clap. Free stuff is fun. Yeah. All right. All right. So what we're going to do, it's a little challenge for you as we transition to part two. We have some good old cheese balls. Does anybody like really like these cheese balls? All right, so some people are out there. You're liking it. What you're playing for is some cheese balls, and you're also playing for a Starbucks gift card, too, if you like that. So that's what you're playing for as well. But what you're going to do is you're going to guess how many cheese balls are in this bin. Now, each challenge throughout the series, I have also like benefited the people that sit closer to the front. Obviously, they can see a little bit better than you guys, so note to self, next time maybe you want to sit in the front so you can get a little closer glance. 
But what you can do is you can take that Connect card that's in the seat in front of you, write down a number somewhere on the card of how many cheese balls you think are in here, and then at the end of the service, uh, you'll put it that, that card in the offering bin. I'll have our worship leader announce who was closest. So how many cheese balls are in this bin? Is it 100? By the way, I didn't touch every single one. I'm just going off of the serving size, so uh, no cheating. But yes, you can write that down. You can keep looking at it when you get bored during the sermon and check that out, count them however you want. But write that on the card and then put that in the bin during the offering time. All right, as we go into our second part or our second sermon for today, uh, what we're going to be doing is we're talking about this thing that is really powerful. That we're talking about this thing that's so powerful, this thing that has a container of power in which we can decide to have it be this positive thing, and we also have the power to have it become something destructive. It's something that can make people better, and it's also something that can take people to the lowest of lows. We all have the ability to do or use this thing I'm talking about, but often we forget its potential. What I'm talking about today is words. Words. Proverbs has a lot to say about words and your tongue specifically. I'm going to read a couple examples for you. Uh, here's Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. It says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Proverbs 10, 19, it says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Or we'll continue. Here's a three more. A gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever keeps his mouth shut and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Proverbs 25, 11, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. I don't know about you, but just hearing these and reading these are words of wisdom, right? That is straight up words of wisdom because personally, I don't follow through with these. I forget about these. I misuse my words sometimes. I use them too often sometimes. I use the power of them negatively at times. And sometimes my choice of words is just bad. For me, it starts with the cliche question, right? Y'all probably have heard this before, like where my wife, she kind of goes, how do I look, Aaron? And I'll be like kind of busy. And I'll be like, fine. Fine? Yeah, you look fine. Oh, like, no, you look good. You look really good. And I should be like, good? What? And like all of a sudden I get myself in this like, with this downfall, right? I'm starting to slope, go down this slope. And then my wife is basically like, I guess I'll go change. I'm like, what? I used the wrong word apparently. And then it carries over to times I experience bad customer service. You've maybe heard me talk about this before on Sunday. But when I'm hungry and angry at a restaurant and maybe something doesn't go right and I'm like, Seriously? Aren't you going to fix this? You brought sweet potato fries instead of regular potato fries. Okay, maybe not that extreme, but I start to spew things. Or the times I'm exhausted and I just won't let an argument die at home, uh, and we're like sitting in the kitchen arguing about something, and I just won't let it die because I keep bringing up these things that like aren't even about the main argument. They're like random things, and I just spew more and more words. Or even the times I 
hear a conversation of someone talking on a topic that I think I'm full on an expert in. And I think, they want my opinion. They want my opinion. So I'm like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And they'll be like, thanks. You know, like, and that's it. Like, they don't really actually want it. They're, they're like, all right, just keep to yourself, sir. <laughs> Have you been there on these before? Have you experienced one of these? We all use words, sometimes positively, sometimes poorly. Today, as I wrap up our series, Words, words of Wisdom, I hope to remind you of the power of words and set you on a path to be more wise with your words. And as we do, here, as we do everything here at Centerpoint, we want to give you some practical, God-given wisdom on how to do that. Things that can change and impact your life today. The first common theme that we can see from all those verses that we looked at uh, from Proverbs on words is the first thing was being slow to speak. Being slow to speak. Proverbs 10, 19, it says this. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. That's pretty blunt, right? It's pretty straightforward. My, uh... My coach, I've been a pastor for about 10 years. My coach or pastor that's kind of guided me in, in becoming a, a lead pastor here uh, has, has guided me on this. Uh, his way of describing it is like, Aaron, you got to bring it down a notch. Stop talking so much. Be more winsome was the word he said. So now that's like the word I'm always tossing around in my brain. Being more winsome, not talking so much, not spouting off as much. I still obviously have a bit more energy than others, but uh, I, I try to be a bit more winsome because it forces me to listen. It forces me to keep my mouth shut, to be calm, and it forces sometimes the awkwardness on others so that they have to speak. Now, that's how I apply that proverb to my life, but if we look at it again, it's pretty blunt, right? Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Where do you need to do that? Where do you need to do that? Is it with your opinion of that person you see? Is it how a certain organization does things? Is it what you think of something? Is it your charged view politically, medically, or theologically? Is it your negativity? Again, our proverb says, be sensible and keep your mouth shut. I feel like I'm insulting you as I say this, but it's straight from Scripture. It's straight from Scripture. Even if we look at Jesus, kind of the model as, as Christians, Jesus didn't talk a ton. He answered questions and he asked questions. When we hear his words, most of the time he's spouting off of what people are curious about. What does that look like for you to do that? Like for real, right now, practically, how do you force yourself to be slow to speak? Is it having a goal maybe to just say less? So you're biting your tongue when you're talking to someone, you're biting your cheeks, you're making, you're maybe even repeating in your brain like, say less, say less, say less, say less, when someone's talking to you. Is it practically like actually saying less? Like practicing listening with a close friend? Is it forcing yourself not to interrupt? Like waiting, waiting until that person is done forcing yourself to wait. Is it asking more questions? Is it being more calm and collective, winsome? So the first thing we can see from our Proverbs is be slow to speak. The second thing is, is, is have an awareness of self, is what we kind of see from these Proverbs. In Proverbs 15.4, one of the ones we looked at before, it says, gentle words are a tree of life, a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Your words 
can build people up like a tree, this massive, amazing thing, but it can also crush the spirit, or a spirit is a lot of times people's desire to live. It can crush that. What is your tongue that is deceitful in your eternal emotions saying? Are you gentle as that verse speaks about? Our emotions on how we are feeling internally, they tend to push out words and they tend to push others a certain direction sometimes. Unfortunately, a lot of times negatively is when we really analyze things. Words come out of us when we never really intend for them to come out but they come out when we're in heavy in emotion and we're in pain. And a couple of the examples I think of are when you're angry, when you're hungry, when you're lonely, and when you're tired. It brings the worst out of us. Like, even look at, like, the classic movies, like the Avengers movies. There's a character, the Hulk. Like, like he, like, is just basically, yep, you can show the scene. Yep. He basically is like. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, This is Kevin. the Hulk. I'm always angry. He turns into this thing when he's angry. Like, look, look think about like fairy tales, like Robin or Robin, like she in the in the the big bad wolf. Like, I mean, she was hungry. She was hungry. She wanted food, and that's what got her sucked in by the wolf. Like, there's just like so many like stories of how our hunger, our tiredness, our loneliness are what suck us into doing things we don't really like. There's even is anybody a Snickers fan? Snickers marketing campaign is how when you're hungry, you make bad decisions, right? That is Snickers marketing campaign. Here's a, a commercial that lately came out in response to some of the things that have happened with COVID. Check it out. It's so good to see you guys. Han, out here. Are we on yet? Oh. I thought we were doing a Zoom thing. Confused? No. Maybe you just need a Snickers. When you're hungry, you're not thinking straight. There's an acronym, actually, that's important to think about. It's in recovery circles that you, they use this acronym, and people use it as a reminder to check themselves. It's called HALT. Uh, it's hungry, angry, lonely, tired. It's a way to check yourself of how you are feeling, because when these things aren't met or you're feeling these things inside, things go bad. Things go bad. Words get spewed. We become deceitful and we resort to negativity in those moments. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Are you aware when you're feeling those things? I think it's worth stating, like, when you reflect on Jesus and just kind of look at him as a glance, I think Jesus kind of followed this to some extent with his disciples. Like, they were always eating. You read about them always having, like, these feasts together. They were all, he was always dissolving conflicts to make sure he's not angry or spewing things out he address it he was in community not lonely and they were always resting resorting going back to uh praying and spending time with just god what is your situation that you need to halt in to check your words to check yourself is it you're maybe in an argument with your spouse but you need to pause because you're angry and you know it's only going to get worse you're, you're not going to go into that important meeting you have for work because you're hungry. Because you're gonna, you know you're going to come off mad if you, if you don't eat something before you go into that meeting. You aren't going to go on that date alone or without telling someone when you'll be back because you've been lonely and the words or things that, that you would maybe affirm when you're lonely 
are different than when you maybe are, are feeling content and satisfied. You aren't going to have that hard conversation maybe with that person today because you're just exhausted, you're tired, you're going to wait a day. Where do you need to be observant of your feelings and halt yourself? What do you need to halt to, to make sure that what comes out of your mouth is positive? So again, our second thing is have an awareness of self-control and control of your tongue. Lastly is choose the words you use wisely. When I don't love my wife Sydney's outfit, I got to make sure I use my words wisely. When I feel like someone isn't picking up the slack, I got to choose my words wisely. When I'm in a situation that has to be talked about, but it doesn't sound fun at all, I'd prefer to follow the suit of this Proverbs. It's Proverbs 21, 23 in all these situations. Like, whoever keeps his mouth shut and his tongue keeps him out of trouble. I would love to just resort to that in all of those situations, right? Like, I wish this Proverbs, like, I could apply to a lot of things. Like, when that person asks, like, hey, who, who, who took the last dessert here? It wasn't me. You know, just like staying quiet. Or when you forget something and someone's like, who, whose job was this? Who was supposed to pick this up? And you're like, oh, that was so me. But resorting to being quiet. When you don't want to stir the pot, like, with something that's going on, uh, I want to follow suit with this proverb. Some things, though, are unavoidable to speak up in, and many times we have real things that need to be stated, so we're supposed to choose our words wisely. Proverbs 25, 11, the one we started with, it says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Sometimes the words you speak or say are words that should be prayed about, that you believe are God-honoring, that you thought through before you said them, those ones can be like gold. Those words can be like gold to another. Those times you know that you need to talk to that other person, you can bring them gold, essentially. Those times you know you need to cheer this person up, using the right words is important. Those times you, you know you need to remedy this, this thing in this relationship, the words you use are important. The words you use in those situations, it matters. The tone you use matters. How you approach the situation matters. But the actual words you use is important as well. What do you need to do to make sure that the words you use are the right ones to say or know if they should be said at all? What do you need to do to make sure you do that? Do you need to pray about what you say before you say something? Do you need to counsel with another before, before you say this, this big talk with someone? Do you need to make sure and see like what you're about to say and talk about? If it aligns with scripture, if you're a Christian, your words are to be ones that model love. Jesus modeled that for us in the way he talked to people, even the people that he like disliked. He modeled love and he used specific words to teach them. What do you need to do to model that? As I wrap up today, we talked about how we are to speak less, have an awareness of ourselves, and know that what we say matters. You might be like, I definitely want to apply like some of this to my life, Aaron, uh, but it's hard. It's hard. I think focusing on one of these things, it surely helps, and I hope you're leaving with one of these things that you can work on this week, but knowing that having, but I want you to know that having a relationship with Jesus is also going to help you in that. 
it is also going to help you make sure that the words you use are wise and the things you should be saying. He will guide you and give you prompts to speak less when you should. He'll have, give you more awareness of yourself, of like, oh, I'm hungry, or I need to address this first. And he'll give you some words to sp- say in some of those really tough times. If you want that, it just starts with you saying to God in your head and your heart, God, I want a connection with you. I want your guidance. I know I've said some wrong words in the past, but I know you are God and you can help me in this and forgive me of those times in the past. So help me move forward with your direction. If you want to tell that to God, I'm going to pray that in a second. He can guide our words forevermore. But also, if, if you've done that before, you might just be saying, I want God to help me like, do one of these more in my life. I'm going to pray for that as well. And you can pray with me right now if you are desiring that. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, some of us right now are, are looking to you and seeing you're amazing with words. You've given us direction in Proverbs of how we should use our tongue and, and the words that should come out of our, our mouths. I pray right now that uh, we, we're aware of those things. But God, some of us, we want a connection with you. We want a relationship with you. We want more than just your guidance on words. We want guidance in life, and we want your, your support, your love, your care. So God, some of us are saying right now, we want a connection with you. We want a relationship with you. And then, God, some of us right now are saying, God, we, just, we really want you to help us make sure the words that we're using are, are wise and that they're ones that are honoring to you. So help us figure out which one we need to work on this week so that we can make sure that our words become wiser and wiser. In your name we pray. Amen.